David Crosby is an old man. He always has been. From 1968 when he was like 12 and looked like a cartoon uncle, until today when he's 134 and uses Twitter to sincerely answer fans' questions like a grumpy old man. At the David Crosby, who played guitar, the guitar solo on Carry On? Stills. At the David <laughs> Crosby, did you ever meet Lara Nairo? Opinions on her music? Fine singer. <laughs> At the David Crosby, hi David, do you have a fave when it comes to the guitar work on Steely Dan songs? All of them. So clear- I mean, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah, it's the perfect answer, and that's proof that old men are the wisest of them all. So when Cross releases this solo album in 71, when he was 15 and looked like peak Einstein, he made the bold declaration with his first track, Music is Love. Everyone knows it, but let's explore what love means. It's thinking of someone when you can't wait to be near them again. It's holding their hand and saying, when they feel sad and saying, you know, you have every right to feel that way. Uh, and it's sticking your hot boner into her greasy sliz. Oh boy, beautiful. So making love is an element of love. Sliz? Vagina. It's like sniz, but wet. Gotcha. Th- this song might as well be called Music is Oil Derricking for Vaginal Secretions. And that's what today's show is all about. It's the sliz. Yeah. These are the songs that recognize that making music and making babies go hand in hand. And that clumsy musical metaphors are sometimes the perfect way to talk about hot buttered person juicing. This is Beyond Yacht Rock, Musex. Beyond Yacht Rock. Also a decongestant. This is Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that makes up musical genres week after week and counts down the best songs in that genre. From 10 to 1, my name is J.D. Riznar. Hello, I'm Hollywood Steve. Hey, I'm Dave. I'm Hunter. Hey, we're coming to you live from La Crescenta, California today at the JD house in my garage. I feel like Mark Marin. Oh, I was going to make a joke that we're the first uh, podcast ever to record in a garage. Yeah, or like Mike Mark, Mike Marin. Yeah. Do you think when Mark Marin sets levels, he talks normal, and then once he's ready to go, he just starts screaming into the microphone? No, he probably has someone that does it for him that doesn't talk back so much. Gee, oh, God. We miss you, Matt Brousseau. Uh, he passed away. That's why we have to do it in my garage. Yep, totally. Okay, so uh, because we invented the term Yacht Rock and... <laughs> Try to figure out how to dump the body. That's <laughs> why so we can't leave this garage. <laughs> you guys, mean, we're all the way up in La Crescenta. The coyotes will drag it off. It's a really nice garage except for the blood stains. Listen, our fans don't care about killing people. They care about Yacht Rock music, and that's why we throw a bone to Yacht Rock every week. And Steve has picked the song. This time, what is this, Steve? Oh, man. So Ronnie Millsap came up in a recent Yacht or Yacht episode. Uh, he did this countrified ripoff of What a Fool Believes. But here, I believe I have found the yachtiest of his non-ripoff efforts. This is Where Do the Knights Go from 1987, which is a little late but let's remember how long it takes West Coast uh, trends to make their way into the middle of Middle America, and especially uh, down to country, I would think. Oh yeah, it's you know it's uh, you know it's four years. Like, yeah, four or five years. So eighty-seven, they're catching up to like eighty-two, eighty-three. Four years. Okay, eighty-three. They're catching up to nineteen eighty-three. Uh, who's doing that? And every single night. 
Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Okay. You, we may not hear that on the podcast. We yeah. don't know. We heard a weird thing, guys. All right, we Steve. We heard Continue. It okay, might so. have been Brousseau. SOSing. Is he, is he scratching on the, 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 the underside of the trunk? You might be. All right. Sorry, Steve. Hey, so this song is from an album called Heart and Soul. Uh... There aren't really any studio personnel to leap out at you on that album, but there is a ballad on side two called Somebody Like You, which was co-written by Randy Goodrum and Steve Lukather, and it features Luke on a decidedly non-country-sounding solo, and I believe David Hungate may also play bass on that one. It makes sense, because in 87, Hungate was gigging in Nashville. He'd quit Toto to move to Nashville with his family, so that's what he was up to, so it makes, it makes sense he's he, on this he one. He was doing it before that, too, uh, and he was on a shit ton of Southern yacht. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, I can't believe this is from 1987. Like, a country trickle-down theory. Mm-hmm. That, that, holds, that holds water. This is the, that's the first trickle-down theory that's ever held water. J.D., I would like to acknowledge your excellent joke. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, honestly, I think this song... I listened to that other He's one. begging I, for it. I think this song is uh, yachtier, even though it was written by two professional country songwriters. Because the melody and the chord changes go into more unexpected places. It's extremely easy to imagine someone whose voice is a little higher and... Maybe a little more Muppety singing this, and boom, you got Christopher Cross. I think this song is just some good old-fashioned country crossfire, just like Grandma used to fix down on the old yacht farm. And listen to all those jazz influences on this. My grandma made yachts out of biscuits. Yachts and gravy. She put honey on her yacht biscuits. My grandma put some gravy on the yacht biscuits. Pretty much the best bit in the world there, Steve. High five. I can high five Steve in this space. All right. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Ronnie Millsap because we didn't. I don't think we got super into it. Uh, he was one of the most commercially successful country singers of the 70s and 80s. This song was his 33rd number one on the country charts. Uh, in the first half of the 80s, he frequently crossed over to the pop end, especially the adult contemporary charts, as you can hear from this one. He wasn't necessarily like a pure country singer all the time, which is why, like. Normally, when a country guy does a song like this, they'll throw in a little extra twang just to make sure their audience knows, I, 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 I'm still with you, I'm still with y'all, you know. Uh, but this, you know, this is like, this is easy to cross over because it's less country than a lot of these sort of things. Uh, Ronnie was blind from birth. His mother left him with his grandparents who raised him till age five and then shipped him off to a school for the blind. That explains the glasses. I had no idea. I yeah. Mean, you didn't know he was blind? I thought he was just cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he is cool, too. It's like Roy Orbison. I didn't know he was blind, either. <laughs> uh, Ronnie started playing piano at the school for the blind. He formed a rock and roll band as a teenager, and he released a few unsuccessful R&B singles in the 60s. And then he was a session pianist on several Elvis Presley singles in the late 60s, including Kentucky Rain and Don't Cry Daddy. And after meeting Charlie Pride, Ronnie Millsap decided to switch to country, signed with RCA in 1973, had a fuck ton of hits, the rest is history. Yeah, and, and as a Yacht Rock song, I wasn't convinced at first, but when it did, when it does hit that chorus, yeah. it's firmly in the crossfire. And it's, it, the production is just right. Electric piano, it's just a beautiful yacht ballad with a country twang. Welcome to the Southern Yacht. Hell yeah. Roy Orbison is blind? 
No, he's dead. He can't see anything. Uh, yeah. So we're yeah, his eyes yeah. are gone. I always yeah. thought Roy Orbison was a uh, was albino. I don't think Roy Orbison was blind. No, he was not. No, okay, he, that was he, he okay. was just cool. You're thinking of Blind Blake. Oh yeah. You're also yeah. thinking of Blind Lemon Jefferson. And don't forget Blind Dog Billy. Oh yeah, they all did versions of uh, that Pretty Woman song. Okay. Let's talk about Musex. So, Megan Trainer is one of the best performers to grace the world stage in the last 70 years. This is her signature song that would change music forever. All about that bass. Is world stage code for some, like, like hunchback home down in the sewer? Nope, it means every stage in the entire world. It's a, She's very important. So you listen to this at first, and you're like, oh, man, is she the one who rented this car before me? You get it? Yeah. Uh, get it, guys? Yeah. No, it's another excellent joke. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah. Um, okay, but then you listen close to the lyrics, and you realize, wait a second, she's not talking about a musical concept. She's talking about her very large butt. I'm still trying to figure out what treble means in this song. I don't know. Does it mean small butt, a squeaky vagina? I got no clue. I See, I thought it meant she had small boobs. Like the, the upper part. Mm-hmm. There's, no, thought, there's no upper part. There's no treble. I thought yeah. she just would kick out anybody who was thin. Like beat them up. Maybe. Like get out of here. Yeah. The, they're in the no treble club. I don't know. The whole metaphor is terrible in the first place because bass doesn't rhyme with ass. Well, maybe the song... It looks like it should. It looks like it should, but it doesn't. I think the songwriter intended it to be bass like the fish, and then everybody in the creative pipeline sort of blew it. Yeah. Like, oh, they mean bass, obviously. Steve, can I ask your opinion on ace of bass? Did it not work for you? What, as as a rhyme? Yeah, it rhymes. Oh, okay. Ace of bass. Okay, just make... But they also spelled it B-A-S-E. True. Even that is true. They're like home run kings. Yeah. They're always yeah. making it home to base. Right. Ace of ass kind of works too. So yeah, that's that's probably better than all about that base. Huh. This song is all about that butt, about that butt, no fucking. It's a song about body image confidence, so it's not the best example of the genre called musex. If a dude were singing it, we'd be telling another tale, and Steve <laughs> would probably have collected every release. So this is I'm all about that butt. That's right, Steve. This is kind of like backdoor suggestions, but way less specific. Yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, hey, maybe some could. songs, huh? not all. Of them. It's a, it's a, just a theory. I wish she could sing. Yeah, this song would be awesome, even more awesome. Yeah. If she doesn't need it, she's got style. Okay, so music, simply put, is music that uses specifically musical terminology or musical instruments as awkward metaphors for sex. Oh, like in episode one, I was telling you how to play the sax, and I was talking about flutter-tonguing. Yes. That, like that sort of thing in mm-hmm. song form. That was magic. Yeah. yeah. If there Throat was growling. Yeah. yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, okay, so I'm looking for songs about the actual act of sex. Um, a strong suggestion that some form of sex play should be activated, or descriptions of ready, properly swollen sexual organs. Mm. Uh, Honey, we should I activate I, our sex play. <laughs> I didn't. Ha- I didn't complicate that too much, did I? Hunter? No, that was great. Yeah, perfect, right? Well, I have no idea what, what musex is. What? Could somebody explain that to me in one sentence again? Flutter tonguing. It's. It's music where they use 
I wasn't paying attention because Dave was making a bunch of... I, okay. We're too close to each other right now, and he's like going like this. Oh, all right, here's... JD, this. Dave's doing it. All right, well, here's what it is. Music. Music is music that uses musical terminology or musical instruments as metaphors for sex. Perfect. Why didn't you just put that oh. down? I just have to say more. So I sound oh, like your, a, your genre makes so much more sense yeah. now. <laughs> I seriously just got it. Huh. Number 10. Oh, you were mocking him. That's what you're doing. Aerosmith is a band named after one occupied in the trade of making oldie time arrows or <laughs> hang gliders in the Ukraine in the 1990s. Look it up, folks. In 1975, Aerosmith released their third album, and I can't believe that Aerosmith were old vets in 75. Uh, anyway, that album was a seminal Toys in the Attic, which contains this seminal track, Big Ten Inch Record. <laughs> hey I am not an Aerosmith fan, and I've been clear about that in my personal life. Having said that, this album rocks. If they had added Mamakin, this would have been a perfect album. What's Mamakin? Uh, song from their first album. Yeah, oh. Guns N' Roses did a cover of it later on Lies. Yeah, they should have pulled, they should have recorded it again. Dumb hey, band. I remember writing something here, and it's gone. I don't know what happened, but uh, I basically said that I have learned to appreciate Aerosmith. You know, I'm kind of that way with Rush now. <laughs> oh, get out of here. But like, I don't hate him like I used to. I used to have a lot of hate for him, but now I'm just like, eh, all right. But the, the whatever. Thing, the thing about Aerosmith is, is that they've 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 like crossed over as as rock and roll has died. Mm -hmm. They've crossed over, and I think it's because of their Run DMC thing. And I'm, but I'm always amazed when they're like. They're still referenced as like America's great band. Mm -hmm. now. Like they were really only great for a few years, like, right? Like when yeah. did when did Gems come out? It was still in the seventies. No, Gems like, was like eighty four. Was think. it that late? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I'll tell you, these and days, Aerosmith, are you thinking of rocks? No. What What was the greatest what are you guys hits? Even talking about? Are these Aerosmith, we're talking about Aerosmith. I don't know anything exactly about Aerosmith. I don't want to Aerosmith's talk about Aerosmith. greatest hits. Gems is like a, a follow-up to greatest hits. I, I want to talk about this song well, because listen, I just want to okay, say well, that I, I've learned think? to appreciate them. Okay. But I'm always amazed that they're still like referenced by young the younger generation as being one of America's great bands. Anyways, continue. Yeah. So listen, Eric, this is a cover. Maybe this is why this is a cover song. It's a cover of Bull Mooks Jackson's 1952 non-hit Big Ten Inch record, which they would not play on the radio, so it didn't sell much. But his band would play. This is it. This is it right here. The band would play it every chance it could get. But Bull Moose is so much funnier than that stupid, young, super heroiny Steven Tyler. Tyler's delivery, it's so dull you almost don't even hear the metaphor. You barely even get the joke. With this Bull Moose, man, this is like, it's like taking Crazy Ant Steve for a comedy lesson. Not you, Steven Tyler. Oh, okay. like a crazy ant. Yeah, yeah. Is... Is his, his name is Bull Moose? Bull Moose, yeah. Probably Bull not Moose his given Jackson. name. Bull Moose Jackson. See, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I 100% believe that he's got a big 10-inch record. Yeah. If yeah. his name well, is Bull very, Moose. Yeah, he very well could. It's a little more oldie time. And here's the other. This came out, what, 52, I think you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it's about the blues that he loves. And when they first came out in the late or the early 1900s, they were on 10-inch records. They were 78 yeah, the blue, RPMs. Yeah. So in 1975... He didn't have 10-inch records. It, it mm -hmm. makes the metaphor even less 
adequate. I'm also, with- women didn't really like to listen to blues in the 70s. White, the white women Steven Tyler was probably dating, they're not going to go home and want to listen to blues records. You know, look, looking at Steven Tyler's gangly features, I would believe oh. that he has a 10-inch penis, but I think it's it's the thickness of a pencil. <laughs> you want to be you want to be grossed out? Google Steven Tyler's feet. <laughs> oh, it looks like they got caught in a meat grinder. Oh, it's disgusting and he still paints his toenails. Um, let's see. Okay, so a 10-inch record, of course, like Dave said, it's a disc. It plays music. Uh, but uh, if you don't say record, if you just say 10-inch... <laughs> it's a disc. It still plays... It plays... You need a record player. Blah, blah, blah. Um, if you just, if you just say If you just say 10-inch without mentioning the record, it means a large erect penis. And see, oh. yeah, you get it. So, so some women want to go nowhere near a penis that large. Others can't get enough. All right, those are called size queens. The woman in this case is dubbed strange by the singer because she likes 10-inch records of a band that plays the blues. Um, and that doesn't that that doesn't seem strange, but Bull Moose thinks. Uh, so it, anyway, if she if I lost my train of thought. It's, he says it's weird. If she, if he was talking about records, it wouldn't be weird. He's talking about his dick, everyone. I decoded it. <laughs> oh, there it is. All right. I decoded it. Yeah. I, decoded I, think it. I think it's funny that Aerosmith is covering Jump Blues songs like four or five years before David Lee Roth. Oh, that's didn't probably they, why he did it. Didn't they have an album called, like, Sittin' with Willie or something? I don't like care that, about Aerosmith <laughs> oh, albums. Sorry, sorry. I don't care. Just that he's talking about Honkin' on Bobo, are you thinking That's what it is. Yeah, honkin' on Bobo. That's what it is. If I would have said honking hey. on Bobo, I would have thought I would I was wrong immediately. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was wrong, but he rarely is. <laughs> Sorry. All right. He doesn't I, want to talk about Aerosmith. No. Uh, this song uh, is a guy named Sammy Ariotta. It's called Banjos and Bongos. It's a song about a laid-back, south-of-the-border beach dude who oh, gets God. together with an inbred hillbilly girl, and they make music together. So in other words, what are that joke where three travelers stay in the farmer's... Stay with the farmer and are warned not to fuck his hot daughter. And one of them were Sammy Hagar and he fucks the daughter. That's what this song is. Ew. <laughs> Where did you find this? I, I, was, I was Googling instrument names and looking for songs, <laughs> finding which ones sounded like sex. <laughs> so I, if, if all those guys fucked the daughter, I, I really hope Sammy went last or it really would have been gross. Though clearly not Sammy Hagar. This is not Sammy Hagar because this song is not very good. No, this kind of sucks. Um, but it is by a, fel- a fellow Sammy, Sammy Ariaga. Sammy's from Miami and new to the scene. And this is from his EP, Meet in the Middle, which was released last March. He's trying to mix country music with the music of his Latin heritage. Uh, he's completely forgetting that the country customer base that he's aiming at thinks he and his people are non-human trash. Uh, he's yet to pick up much steam as he's proudly posted a picture on his Facebook, you gotta see this, of him playing <laughs> in the Minnesota State Fair to a scattered crowd of calmly seated Minnesotan retirees. <laughs> uh, this song here is sitting at 34,000 listens on Spotify, so let's get Sammy more fans by making fun of this song. To be, to be fair, this sounds like almost, this sounds like most country yeah. pop songs. It, yeah. it doesn't sound any uh, different. Except it's got like, like that real vague hint of a reggaeton beat. I was uh, building on your thought of the heritage of country music, and I was listening to a piece uh, the other day about the right-leaning country fan base of yesterday. Uh, Apparently, country was actually far more left-wing 
prior to uh, full-sided Merle Haggard's Oki from Muskogee song. Not so much anymore. Yeah, working-class people need to be Democrats. Yeah. Dumb. Oh, yeah, like the Democratic Dave. Party needs to give a shit about working-class people, like, and All right, Kami. All right, Kami. Take a seat. Like, David Allen Coe, take this job and shove it, and then he wrote, uh, what's it, Fuck Anita Hill? Or Anita, Anita Bryant? Fuck Anita Bryant? No. Was David Allen Coe? It's probably Anita Hill, but it Anita was Anita Bryant's Hill. on this list later. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Anita Bryant's special lady. Uh, it was fucking Anita Hill. Um, so, uh, let's say banjos and bongos are a metaphor for sex, uh, which I believe they are. This metaphor fails real bad, which is why I love this song. To me, bongos mean boobs, and the banjo means a boner. But he brings the bongos, and she's got the banjo. So clearly, Ooh. Sammy Ariaga is the product of Florida, a southern state whose schools reject scientifically sound sex ed. But somehow, despite their confusion as to how bodies work, they're going to sing a Dixie lullaby with a little spice, as the lyrics say, which I think means missionary, but he'll put a finger in her butt. Hmm. Uh, this song is full of horrible metaphors. They're all about awkward fucking, and I could break it down all day, but we'll move on. Oh, by the way, it is Fuck Anita Bryant by David Allen Coe. It's, it's fucking Anita Bryant? Fuck Anita Bryant. Huh. Class A. Was he literal? Like, was he wanting to? Uh, she had done, an, I believe, an orange juice commercial. Um, and it might be a different Anita Bryant. No, oh my gosh, there's only one Anita Bryant. We'll get to it. You look, look it up on your phone first, Dave, and then hey, give us facts. Listen, we covered most of this in, in, uh, in in-law country. Hmm. Number eight. All right. This is the Anita I was thinking of. Anita, Anita Ward. Oh, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Anita, okay. Anita Ward, Ring My Bell. Uh, this song was originally written for an 11-year-old singer. It was a cute teeny bopper track about teens calling each other on the telephone. Then the songwriter turned the lyrics more grown-up word, and it became a song about slapping an erection onto a swollen clitoris. Hmm. This was clearly the song the world was thirsty for, as though few discuss it, billions around the globe love slapping erections onto clitoris. Yeah, that was in a, an ex- episode of Six Feet Under. They called it grinding the corn. Mm, it was ringing the bell. Huh. It's been called Ringing the Bell since 1978 or so when this came out. So this song would shoot to number one on every chart like a pocket rocket and turn a neat award into a one-hit wonder, hopefully a very wealthy and sexually satisfied one. I once peed on a dude to this song. True story. I <laughs> don't need to hear it. Can, do, you want, do you want to hear some lyrics to fuck Anita Bryant? Speaking of peeing on dudes. Wait, who, who's Anita Bryant? Now I don't she know. Was, she was uh, she was like an anti-gay... She was like a beauty pageant winner who yeah, turned was into an in anti-gay rights commercials. campaigner. Okay. okay. Like that makes 70s. more sense. Yeah. yeah, so Dave and Alan Coe was fuck Anita Bryant. So here's the opening uh, rhyme in fuck Anita Bryant. Hey, fuck Anita Bryant, who the hell is she telling all them faggots that they can't be free? Throw that bitch in prison, then maybe she'll see just how much them goddamned homosexuals mean to me. We had talked about this. David Allen Coe. We talked about it in in-law country. Just go listen to that. He was he says he was doing a character. He was he was playing a part. Like Andrew Dice Clay was doing yes, a character. We talked about that. Anyways, let's talk about the Oh, let's talk about bells. If I can find where I wrote The beer? That. 
What? It's a delicious. No. It's one of the one of the oldest uh, microbreweries uh, in uh, America. Listen, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. Oh, God damn it! He's on fire. Fine, fine, I would fine call it beer. Fire. He's, he's got like a like a car. He's driving through the muck and he's got us tied to the back of it. I didn't have time to write anything, so I'm just. Oh, he's riffing. Why uh, by the seat of my yeah. pants? Oh, the car riffing. stopped moving, but the tires are still spinning. I've worked six day weeks the last two weeks. Oh man. Okay. I don't know what I'm well, doing. Well, listen, Steve. Let's. I'm okay, gonna, I'm listening. I'm tell you about a bell. And let's, I'm listening. And we'll see how what these do for you. Okay, these are actual parts of the bell. I looked up a bell, and to perhaps help with the metaphor here. God, what is he doing? Get Hunter just talk. Okay. I can't. He's pointing at stuff. Oh, Dave's walking around. Okay, here we go. Oh, he's looking for booze. That's what he's been doing. He's I just wanted a little sip, searching sip, for the sippy, sippy, sippy of uh, Uncle JD's grape juice. <laughs> okay. Here we go. These I looked up the bell to help the metaphor. So at the top, you have the yoke or the headstock. It's that thing that the bell's attached to. Below is the cannons. This is what the string attaches to the headstock. And then we got then below that is the crown, then the shoulder, then the waist, then the bead line, which leads to the sound bow. Then, then the lip, which curls into the mouth, which is the inside of the bell. The thing that makes the clang is the clapper. Does any of this help the metaphor? <laughs> it does. It's as complicated as a vulva. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there are so many parts of, uh, you know, the, the, the mommy parts. There are so many different varieties of beer brewed at Bells okay. in Kalamazoo, oh, Michigan. Jesus Christ. I okay. at least riff on the sound bow. It's uh, brewed in Comstock now, actually. Um, so becoming a one-hit wonder that was that was Anita Ward's biggest fear, um, and every oh. and it, it's every is it everyone's biggest and it, it's everyone's biggest fear, right? Like at least everyone looking to have a meaningful relationship, because in music a one-hit wonder is an artist who has one hit and it's wonderful, and in life a one-hit wonder is a person who has sex with a lover after the first date and wonders why they never call back again. <laughs> I, I never had that problem. JD. In a world... Well, Fucking killing it, man. I tell you, I, listen, I, I I feel like I need to go back in the time machine and become the biggest stand-up comedian in the 1980s. Yeah, you could just uh, borrow Bill Hicks material before yeah. Dennis Leary does. suspenders and, like, <laughs> a wacky pants. Uh, piano tie? <laughs> that would be good, too. Um, okay, so a lot the, of cocaine. A lot of cocaine. Um, the craziest thing about this metaphor... Crazy thing about this metaphor is that actually ringing a bell is one of the easier things to master in a musical performance, but in sexual performance, doing a good job slapping your boner onto a clitoris, like in a way that makes the lady feel super good, that can be very difficult to master. It's like the oboe of foreplay. Yeah, the oboe is a double reed instrument, so you've got to have a really tight embouchure both on top and bottom to, to be able to get a sound out of that instrument. Can so, I ask, can I ask like, your question? Yes. Can your, can your balls slap? Slap it. It depends on. I don't know. I've never. I've never. I haven't mastered this. It's, it's well, like. It's like asking me how to how to how to make a double read squeal. I don't know. I looked. I looked up the, the Wikipedia article on grinding the corn. And there's this whole specific uh, description of the technique. Um, Which is? Did you actually? Did you look it up for this show? <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. Your own I perusal. looked it up while I was waiting for you guys to set up the mics for like an hour and a half. So there's like. Oh, wow. Wow. You get you you like you supposed to like. You're supposed to like kind of half bend your boner down, and how do you like, half bend a boner? I don't like this technique. I not really I bend, but like 
Are you supposed to create a snap? <laughs> yeah, you I, snap into it. It's you know, it's like, oh, well, this is. I can't really describe it without using my hands. Yeah, to draw, show you draw, an angle. Pic, draw a picture and tweet it. Okay. All right. Um, he didn't write anything in the hour and a half <laughs> that it took us to set up the mics. Are you guys already printed? We're figuring out for follow-up questions. Number seven. <laughs> Scatman John proudly declares that he, in fact, is the Scatman. Scat in music is improvisational vocal performance, usually in the style in which a jazz instrumentalist would solo. And... And where, say, a guitar has a limited range of sounds and scatting, the performer's imagination is the only limit to the magical sounds that come from the human instrument. And in sex, scat is when you poop on your lover on purpose. Now, you totally took out my story about full-on shit in the bed. I did not. I did not. Stuff is missing. Stuff is missing. Something went wrong. See, there was no point to me writing on it anyway. Oh, you know what happened? I probably printed out like an old version. Yeah, you printed out your version. I didn't refresh it or something. (laughs) Ha ha ha, this is going to suck for you guys, but I have everything (laughs) written, I hope. (laughs) See, once again, I am completely justified in not having been able to do the work. No, I said I... tell it off. I almost pooped. We could do this without the script. I almost pooped on my wife once. Yeah, you go. See why you just I was, I was laying in bed and just full on blew a wet fart. And uh, it was almost on her side of the bed. And the really scary part is she rarely stays on her own side of the bed. And I had to like wake her up and kind of roll her out on her side of the bed without smearing hot, wet shit all over her. And I ended up doing it. And I was a hero. But I still had to take a shower and change the sheets. There wasn't. That was. That has nothing I, to do with scat sex, though, because that was not on purpose. Well, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> she, she, it had nothing to do with her. You know, the word hero is thrown around lightly these yeah, days. Yeah, just like Donald Trump to the Puerto Ricans. <laughs> I got my wife out of bed. The only difference she's between her and the Puerto Ricans is she's she didn't have shit all over her. And she's Cuban from and a horrible. Cuban. And she's Cuban from a horrible natural thing gone wrong. <laughs> That is a good description of your colon, though, Dave. A yeah. horrible, natural thing. Yeah. Hey, JD. Right, so what, talk about the scat, man. While, while you we're listening to the song, I see you guys looking at me and going like, hey, like, Broheim, like, this is clearly about singing scatting, not getting pooped on uh, by your lover on purpose. Well, fellas, a superficial exploration of the scat man would deprive you of the treasure buried deep inside. The verse that really sells this to me is rap thusly. I hear you ask about the meaning of scat. Well, I'm the professor, and all I can tell you is, while you're still sleeping, the saints are still weeping, because things you call dead haven't had a chance to be born. So, so what he's that talking mean? about poop, poop. Like inside your you think your guts? things you've eaten is trash, is dead blood cells. You think it's it's, just, it's stuff that has it's sexual pleasure and excitement that has not been born yet. Question: poop that Yes, hasn't Hunter. Come out your butt, Wait. Steve. Yes, Hunter. Okay, question: uh, When you call Al Jarreau Scat King Cole, uh huh, <laughs> does it mean what I think it means now? No, because he's he's a pure scat, scat singer. Uh, Have you heard the 
George, what was that song that you boned through? That Breezin' Breezin'? Have yeah. you heard Breezin'? I don't... Local. Well, because well, that, that was that said, was intentionally shitting on people. Al Jarreau saying, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> keep Breezin' alive. If he had gone, he, one, two... I'm breezing on you. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that song is proof that he wanted to shit on George Benson. But uh, you calling him Scat Scat King Cole is not. You're not. <laughs> it doesn't help. Scat King Cole has a lot to do with pies, doesn't he? Or Nat or what, uh, Old King old Cole. King Cole? Cole? Yeah. <laughs> it was an Old King Cole reference. No, it was a Nat King Cole reference. Oh, okay. But it, Nat no, King Cole calls himself no, Nat King Cole because of Old King Cole. It's all Old King Cole is a merry old, old soul. soul. And a merry old soul is he? He called for his, well, his fife, and he called for his. No, he called his, for his pipe, and he called for his bowl, and he called for his fiddler's three. Okay, had nothing yeah. to he do was with more pie. into music. Yeah, okay. and fiddling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fiddling in bowls. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all full circle. He smoked the pipe. He smoked his bowl, and then there were he's you know, riffing, fiddling. <laughs> All right, uh, who? Uh, Squeezebox. Um, Squeezebox seems to be a song about the singer's mother who plays her accordion too loudly at night uh, around her husband, his father. It's actually about the fact that the singer's mother has a vagina between her breasts. Uh, it has a banjo solo in the song for some reason, so this is clearly from the Sammy Ariata Florida School of Sexual Miseducation. Are you sure it just ain't about titty fucking? Well, Dave, it's exactly about titty fucking, but in this case, instead of the penis just being thrust between the titties, the singer's father enjoys putting his penis inside his mother's vagina that uh, is in the middle of her breasts. That makes a lot more sense. I'm really yeah. starting to grasp the genre. I don't. I, it, what? what he just said starts make, make it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a vagina between her breasts, and the, the, the dad's fucking it. Yeah. Read a book, Hunter. Right. Right into the chest. Yeah. Listen, I'll explain. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so I used to think that this song was was just about titties, uh, and, but the line that always hung me uh, hung me up was she goes in and out and in and out and in and out, has very little to do with titties. And I just recently had my eureka moment, like the singers must have a the singers mother must have a vagina between her breasts, and probably probably going in and out of consciousness. I feel like if Daddy's ramming his dick in and out of her chest, you may be hitting some. Pretty vital organs. Well, see, that's Hunter's problem too. But here's the magic of the chest vagina. It's my problem. Yeah, <laughs> you think? Now imagine, imagine watching your father go in and out of your mother's actual vagina. Your say your standard vagina. You'd be like, oh, watch out for her intestines, Dad. Don't get her kidneys. Steer away from the spleen. You see, like the magic of the near butt vagina that we know and love. And the magic of the chest vagina are very similar in that they're designed to avoid vital organs. I am learning so much from you today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still... What about still... the lungs? Hmm? What about the lungs? They're split in the middle. You got one on either yeah. side. Yeah, just, but there's, just like a, there's, a, there's a thing... You ever heard of... You ever heard of... There's a bronchial tube that yeah. goes into that. I'm that gonna... Well, yeah, pierce. that's why you, you go are low. You saying, 
right where it splits. You never heard someone say, bitch, I'm gonna titty fuck your lungs? Listen, God fixed the inside of the body so it works, okay? I mean, you're not gonna find a woman with a vagina in her chest. So is it right below the... I don't ask me, I'm not this, I'm, this isn't my mother, it's the singer's mother that he's singing about. Uh, I'm still not 100% sure where that epiphany came from. Well, that's because you're not a genius like yeah, I am. Yeah, you just don't get music, Steve. I thought it was just a woman who did her kegels. Let's see, a little, little bit about so the... She, so her box could squeeze more effectively. I thought it was just what Dave said. Squeeze box she wears on her chest. How does that explain the chest, Steve? Yeah, it could be about kegels. On your chest, though. See, it's the it all comes back to the, the, the chest. Is there a design. line in the song about how she wears it on her chest? Yeah, yeah it's, Ma, the it's the first line. line. It is the first line, which oh, is the okay. confusing part, but if you squeeze it and you... you it's like it's like when you do this. <laughs> oh, here's a church, here's a star. The, Are yeah, they doing yeah. the hand thing where they the, put their hands Two together. hands, yeah. Okay. But that's not an actual vagina, but you make one with your imagination. So if, yeah. if you squeeze... And then you fuck it. <laughs> wait, what, what are you doing? You're off mic. I can't hear you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is that better? Yeah. <laughs> a little, little too hot. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't do that motion anymore. Nobody at home can see it. Okay. Just do this. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay. What are you, you doing karaoke? He's dancing? Uh, nobody can see any of this stuff. I want to get a little bit about The Who before we move on. Uh, the Who got their name when they announced, We have a pedophile in the band. And the crowd yelled back, Who? Uh, boom. That's a great band name. That pedophile is Pete Townsend. It's a, a good joke. I'm glad we got into the who. Yeah, I think I'll bet. Uh, go ahead, Dave. We know how this song goes. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Pete was the only one of the band that fiddled about. Oh, he had to get some casual libel in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's articles about how Peter Townsend likes little boy pictures. Yeah, but that's not what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, I think John Entwistle liked the young ladies as there well. There you go. There it is. It's less casual. Ah, here we go. I know what you're thinking. You think this is just a nice song about polite lovers asking the girls if they're ready for the sex? Just a gentleman making sure that everything is consensual. Like in Michigan, when an 18-year-old fella asks a 16-year-old girlfriend if she wants to have sex because he's aware of the pertaining laws of the state and doesn't want anything to come back to bite him on the ass. Except for his 16-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> this is the Gleaming Spires with Are You Ready for the Sex Girls from the movie Revenge of the Nerds. And how? And I'll tell you, what I said earlier, that's not what this song is about. This is about the hot, hot, lean, hot, big, hot girls oh, with yeah. skin like seals that take off their own clothes and that are about to come over to your house. Ooh. And what more perfect move movie to put this song in than Revenge of the Nerds, a movie that glorifies a horrible, sexist, assaulting, rapey group of fellas known affectionately as nerds. You know, as I listen to this song, I think it's actually about guitars. <laughs> it's funny how JD's brain works. <laughs> I want to talk about how many horrible things happen in this movie. I mean, we all love this movie from our childhood, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it came out in 84. Yeah. I can't believe I watched it when I was 10. I look back now, but... Um, this will expl this will all explain the rampant sexual assault, rape, and sexual harassment problem we have in this country. We go read yeah, the list. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, panty raid. They break in and uh, breaking and entering into a girl's room to steal her underwear is the least of the crimes on this list. They use this confusion to install hidden cameras to record them in their most private moments. 
They later watch this footage with an underage nerd. They then distribute the footage without consent to publicly sell pies. And I think we're all aware of the scene that it's hard to call anything other than rape. Well, the, I'm not everyone seen it. Is that that's the one where they switch out a guy and she doesn't know? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. She yeah. thinks it's her jock boyfriend. Yeah, yeah they're both a wearing costume. a clearable version of a Darth Vader costume. Oh yeah. And uh, the tough guy is uh, wearing the costume, but then uh, was it Lewis? It doesn't matter. It's a, yeah, yeah, Lewis Skolnick. Listen, listen yeah, the, it was called it was called Revenge of the Nerds for a reason. Yeah, because the it's, nerds slowly turned into the frat boys. Yeah, that was the whole thing. It was like a wish fulfillment fantasy, but the the whole point was for the nerds to just act like the horrible jocks who hated them, basically. One positive thing I can say about this movie, it wasn't totally homophobic. But like I, most I, '80s flicks, I just—I wasn't done. I just wanted to say this is the problem with revenge: is sometimes we don't know when to stop. Mm. You see, he, they took revenge on everybody, and 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 they made two and, more movies, and, and, <laughs> and they didn't know when to stop. And, I get it. and to an excessive amount, you know what I mean? So, you know, sometimes you—you you, you know, sometimes you just can't take revenge. No, shouldn't take revenge. Um, it can corrupt you. Gleaming Spires were formed as an offshoot of the band Sparks. There was a future member of Devo somewhere in there, but uh, that's about it. Um, Gleaming Spires, they have another song on this soundtrack called... Um, it's All Night Party. It's, what's it called? All Night Party. All All, oh, yeah, All Night, night Party, yeah. It's All a, Night Party. It's, it's the worst possible version of a song called All Night Party that you could imagine. It's not It's not fun at all. Yeah. Uh, might, might get to the droner genre yeah. if we ever do that one. Uh, I know I'm the one that frequently urges you to watch the video for songs, so I'm going to do that now. It's so goddamn weird. It's two guys in pink aprons making what I think is custard pie and coffee. It's shot like a cooking show. They're singing along as they cook. Spoiler alert, it ends with a close-up of coffee and pie. I kept expecting it to take a turn or be anything other than two guys in pink aprons singing while baking, but it never changed. It's so fucking weird. Cooper doesn't break out of his Dougie trance then, does he? Does not. All right, I do believe that this song would also fit into Steve's Fifty Shades of Fifties genre. All right, uh, this is Queen of the Blues and trombone aficionado Dinah Washington, considered one of the most popular female vocalists of the 1950s. Uh, she crept into America's hearts with this lovely song called "Big Long Sliding Thing" about her father's boner. Uh, this song is full of great musex metaphors. Uh, see, she's looking for her daddy, the trombonist, so he can fuck her. It's pretty clear. Uh, and she meets a steel guitar player who brought his amplifier and hitched it into her plug. He planked it and plunked it all night long. These are her lyrics, not mine. Uh, that wasn't good enough, though. She needs her daddy and his quote-unquote trombone. Then a piano man comes by and a bunch of clunky sex metaphors. And then the worst part is the verse that goes, Well, the first time he played, I asked him how it was done. He said, I blow through here, then I work my fingers and my thumb. I slide it right up and slide it back again. So uh, this lyric is reminiscent of that HWA tune, Eat This, from back in the, uh, in, I think it was a Sex Me Ups episode, maybe? Oh, yeah, Hose With Attitude. Yeah. Um, Easy E's protégés. 
Uh, but they describe their desire to have their lover blow into their pussy like a goddamn horn. So needless to <laughs> Which say... Which is not correct technique. Yeah, sex rap Don't troop, do that. HWA. They were, they were not as, as subtle as class act Dinah Washington, who I would say was 3% more subtle. Did you guys get a chance to listen to this song? I did. Yeah. But I, what I, I wrote is not there, but it, I remember... You wrote, it's a good song. Yep. I, God damn <laughs> oh, good it. Good thing I, you wrote that down. I remembered it. I was going to say it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was <sighs> helping out. I, I can see what the one with the trombone as far as like a sexy instrument. I mean, it has bone mm-hmm. right in it. You know, people talk about flute being sexy, calling it a skin flute. It slides in and out as well. Yeah, but, you know, skin flute based on the way you hold it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. You never hear talk of the hanging sax. Because you, you hold a sax mm. like a lady. Oh, yeah. A little hanging sax. Yeah, then, you, then you do the flutter tonguing to like her. balls. You know, yeah. You know, I always thought a skin flute was just like jerking off. Like you were playing a skin flute. And then somebody explained to me later, no, that's not what it means. How do you play a, how do you play a flute by doing that? Oh. It's more like the skin recorder, isn't it? Because I've never gotten a blowjob from the side before. Hmm. Have you, Steve? Nope. All right. Maybe someday. You single ladies. All right, Prince. Prince, who does not need to be subtle or sneaky about sex in his songs, decides to go the metaphorical route in the weirdest possible way with this tambourine is a vagina metaphor off Around the World in a Day album. This is called Tambourine. Yeah, that's a great album. Pop Life, Raspberry Beret, and the song The Ladder, which he composed with John L. Nelson, better known by his stage name Prince Rogers, better better known by the guy that fucked Prince into a young jazz singer named Miss Maddie Della. Prince's dad. Oh, it's all Greek. It's all Greek to me. No. Um, hey, I've played a tambourine. I'm sure all you guys have, and I'm oh, sure yeah. all you guys have played with vaginas. Uh, but I'm a, so I'm having a very hard time wrapping my head around this metaphor. Like, is a is a tambourine a vagina because of the little symbols around the ring resemble pubic hair? Like when I try to stick, like I when I try to stick my dick into a tambourine, I don't feel a lot. It could be a really wide vagina, maybe, maybe that's it. Or sometimes my penis uh, bumps against a little symbols, like a vagina dentata. It's unpleasant. It's not fun. Hmm. Uh, but sometimes it's one of those tambourines with a drum head, and I just get frustrated. I don't know. I'm confused. I don't think I want you playing my tambourine anymore. And it might be a bad idea. I don't think anybody should play that tambourine anymore. Maybe you should kill it with fire. I did not start that fire. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm just talking about I don't want I don't want to. I don't want to accidentally touch tambourine. <laughs> my tambourine? Yeah. That I shared with JD? Uh, you guys have all touched my dick on purpose. Don't pretend you haven't. Okay, so I'm sure Prince got into some kinky stuff. Uh, what would have led you to believe that? Well, I, I don't know, but I think it's like some really beyond my comprehension kinks. You're saying he's not a virgin? Not a virgin at all. I think he's had sex and gotten a blowjob. Whoa. Real kinky. Whoa. Um, He was arguably the sexiest man alive, and a woman would want to try anything with him. Uh, But I've spent spent a week trying to figure this tambourine vagina metaphor. My mind's just blown. It's just smithereens. Um, But some of the verses in this song are about jerking off, where he's 
he's frustrated that he has to stay home and play his tambourine. So maybe the tambourine is like a root chakra, like the mysterious energy zone in the groin where sexual pleasure, both of the physical body and soul, is achieved. That's as close as I can get. You have, uh, an, you have an active imagination. I know. You win, Prince wins this round, but one day I will blow his mind. I will blow Prince's mind. I swear to you, one day it will happen. No. Oh, hey. Well done. Number three. Every time. All right. What is this? Uh, Jason Derulo is a musically, he's a muscly fox of a singer. Uh, Sounds like it. His hot muscles and smooth voice make him a sex symbol. Oh, and guys, he's also an awesome dancer. Oh, triple threat. Yep. Uh, he's more handsome Muscles, than... Muscles, smooth voice, and dancer. Yep. <laughs> I feel threatened three ways. Uh. Um, he's more handsome than anyone I know, and his songs are all really big hits. Uh, this song went to number 14 on the U.S. charts. What? Which is weird for a song about a schizophrenic who hears trumpet music when he gets horny. That's um, what the song's about. I also remember what I wrote on this one, and that was, uh, J.D., where did you find this? Again, I went into Spotify and I started to write musical instruments into the searches and then listen to them. So this is when you got to the T's? I, I thought a trumpet, a trumpet. Oh, wait, tambourine. We already got tambourine, so we're T. <laughs> well, some, some of the songs I found by looking at lists of uh, sexual metaphors that have to do with music, what this is all about. A lot of them suck, but that's where I found tambourine by Prince. But this ah, one. Is I that why like, bongos and banjos was higher in the yeah, list? Yeah, I, I was. I, I'm sure I was. Um, I was searching bongos because bongos sounds yeah. like a sexual thing. Right. Well, that's like, <laughs> This song, I was but just, bongos. Trumpet seemed like somebody. It seemed sexual, yeah, and but, I was right. But trumpet, yeah, I was right. Jason Derulo nails Good it. Good band, not so, really. So this, this is a song about a guy who gets horny and hears music as to what kind of horniness he feels. So think about it, fellas. You know there are different kinds of horniness. Like, and Jason does a great job describing a few of them. Like, the anticipatory horniness from afar. Like, when you're ready to go home to bone your wife, and you get those tingles. Uh, this crazy motherfucker hears violins when he gets that kind of horny. Then, when he's about to have sex, just before, that's a whole other kind of horny. That's when he hears trumpets blowing a very specific tune. Every time the trumpets go... This man's insane. Oh, then what's he mean when he says the drums, they swing low? I don't know. I don't know. The drums, they swing they swing low? Yes. He says that right before he says I, the tr and the trumpets. Oh, I know what it is. It's his ball slapping against his girlfriend's asshole. Huh. That's what it is. Cool. Um, you know, you could also make... <laughs> Does she have a low asshole? Maybe. Specifically, this girl is a, a low asshole and a long taint. Um, and a, a high vagina. Yeah, it couldn't have been. It's like a perfect storm of balls hitting your asshole. Then they swing low. Yeah. Or it could be when he's, you know, finishing up. Never mind. I'm sorry. We're, we're disrupting JD. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is a fascinating discussion. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe she's in front, bent over, and he just, you know, kind of finishes up what he's doing, and at that point, his balls are hitting her asshole. They swing low. 
Yeah. Jump swing low. Yeah. Um, okay, so you could make the argument also that this song is about violent, uncontrollable, premature ejaculation. Um, it seems like this is Jason Derulo's own interpretation of this song, because the trumpets get in the way of lovemaking as much as a pre-touch smo- spooge sometimes does. You see, he directed the video for this song, and every time he quadrupled, tr- every time his character in the video, <laughs> this guy's becoming more threatening the more we learn about him. Yeah, low yeah. balls—that's five things. Watch out, for premature, Drew. violent, violently premature ejaculator. Um, so in the video, every time his character tries to have sex with the hot model he cast, a group of five or six hyperactive trumpeters dressed as Buckingham Palace guards bust into the room and start wiggling around like a bunch of sperms. See, Jason and his lover seem confused and disappointed. It's a proper emotional response when the sexual embarrassment of coming before you start uh, boning puts the brakes on a romantic evening so often. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Never happens to you guys? You just come? You're so excited? It's fit. Now, no? usually there's a, a process that predicates it. You see, well, this Proceeds. song... This song is all about, you know, there's a line like, you take your clothes off, and I hear the trumpets, and they go, ba da 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 um, So if it is about premature ejaculation, it's but, pretty clear that it is. But the drums are swinging low. <laughs> See? He just yeah. said it. I gotta think about this And then one. the trumpets go. Yeah, I'll bring this back in the new sex part, too. He just has long balls, and when he takes his pants down, they swing low, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then, he, and then he, he sees them, and it gets him excited. Maybe it's breasts. Maybe drums are breasts. And the, the breasts are swinging low, like some big old... He's big got old big breasts, and they, sw- they swing low, and so then his trumpets, his trumpets go... Bam, bam, bam. Like a tennis ball in a tube sock. What are those things that clack back and forth? Tits. Oh, the, the little magic thing on yeah. uh, Yuppie's desks? Yeah. The little knockers. Yeah. Uh, ball knockers. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about those. I think so. I really regret not writing anything for this episode. <laughs> Why? What would you have said? Joe, is it, everyone should in the world. I wrote. Always... I wrote stuff and it's gone. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I got it right here for you, Hunter. Yeah. It's, um, thanks. All right. This song. Uh, I happened to hear, and this started the musex wheels turning in my brain. Uh, This is Billy Ocean's Syncopation. Um, Syncopation in music, according to Wikipedia, involves a variety of rhythms which are in some way unexpected, which make part or all of the tune or piece of music offbeat. Uh, And I think this song... I think in this song, it represents having sex with a woman who has an offbeat style of lovemaking. Um, this guy seems to be being played by the girl as well. Uh, she seems to be boning dudes all over town. So, um, uh, so you have a sexual entity who is not in rhythm with Billy Ocean, and that has a positive and negative effect for him. Uh, there was excitement in her unusual sexing style, but at the same time, she lived to her own beat. So she was too slippery for him to keep... She's kind of like a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, or, or it sounds like this this guy likes a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and maybe, maybe sometimes he's like, oh, that was unexpected, and that's really cool. Yeah. And sometimes she's like, well, that was unexpected. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or... 
or he's trying to hump in one way slow, and she's trying to hump fast. Right. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah. It's okay though, because she's super pretty. I like it. Yeah. It's probably like, the prettiest girl he ever boned. Or like he's trying to hump her in four four time, and she's trying to hump him in waltz time. Am I right? I hear that? Am I right, guys? You got this. You what, know what this song's about. What? Uh, maybe she has a handicap. Like, oh, like, maybe. Like she's maybe. missing a leg or something. Yeah, she's missing yeah. a leg, and so she's trying to balance. Uh-huh. And, and, and he's <laughs> pushing her off balance the entire yeah. time. And, the rhythm know? becomes syncopated. Yeah. Um, well, this song actually, you, if you, if you want to know what syncopation sounds like, this song actually uses a lot of it. Um... So you can tell, you know, you listen to it, you kind of feel off-put. Um, the, there's syncopated synth drums just kind of like bumping around whenever they want to. So kind of like the subject, it's bucking traditional rhythms. Um, and I also think this might be a Yacht Rock song. Um, hmm. It's from 84. It's from his 84 album, Suddenly. There's no personnel, so this isn't a slam dunk. But listen to that e-piano and the relevant yacht production. Um, uh, this is at the time outsiders just starting to understand yacht rock '84 uh, style before it was it was sent out to sea. The, I, I I believe Philip Michael Thomas's Fish and Chips has a little bit of syncopation in it. That's a goddamn jam. And I'm glad I'm glad to know what syncopation means now because it's one of those words that sounds like it means the opposite yeah, yeah. of what it is, like inflammable or divorce core. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or yacht rock, apparently, if this gets on the bow. No, see, yeah, syncopation sounds like you're in perfect rhythm together. Yeah, and I th- that might be what Billy Ocean meant in this song. <laughs> because I'm really, as you might be able to tell, I'm really twisting in the wind trying to figure out what he means by syncopation by the You've actual definition. You've been thinking about all this stuff for at least a week. Yeah, yeah, a day. I wrote it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, 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 we're here a little early. Yeah. Uh, JD had to really get on this, so he, yeah. And I'd like to. Uh, I'd you like really to, went around the world in a day. I really with did your, with, your with tambourine. my tambourine. I'd like to thank you guys for moving the date up for me, so I could uh, go to a concert with my wife that she can now no longer attend. <laughs> Good times. Syncopation. It's a great song. Yeah. And it's a great song. Somebody write in Yadder and Yad for it. Dave and Dave and his lovely wife are in syncopation. Yeah. With that concert, yeah. pretty sympathetic. Our work, work schedules. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, honey, I can't go. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I like, got a podcast. A Sixteen-hour shift. Bam, we're going. To, I'm working. What? I'm working Tuesday. Yeah, I got loaded at the Grove. I'm working Tuesday. Ten and midnight. Yeah. Working Tuesday. Oh, oh I, I, so I switched our schedules around. I can go now. Yeah. All right, this is the granddaddy. Uh, for once, I've chosen the clearest example of the genre and put it at number one. Uh, this song is called My Dingaling, and it's about Chuck Berry's childhood penis. <laughs> Not a little bell. Uh, it's given a little... This is the hit version. What? I don't think this is the hit version. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's a live version. It's not. It's fine. No, the hit version is the live version. This is a different live version. It, it says the same thing. It says the same thing, yeah. Anyway. I'm not for... I, I know the song. I don't know the right version. 
It's just a little more Chuck Berry rock. Only time there's, music. There's more. There's more crowd singing. There's more crowd participation because he's doing it live. Only time he music. Makes the, he makes the boys and the girls sing different parts of the chorus. Yeah. Only time music on Spotify has so many different versions. It's so hard to know the right one, especially when you don't listen to only time music. You don't have the ear for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. This song is given a little bit of cover for the censors up top when he says his grandmother gave him little bells tied to a string. And we all know boys are not rewarded penises by their grandmothers. So uh, delete that little line, and this song is about prepubescent compulsive masturbating. Yeah. And that's Chuck Berry. Yeah. My grandma bought me a Playboy subscription when I went to college. Like, it's oh, totally you're, old, different. you're old enough for this now. Totally different. She just yeah. wanted you to get laid by Wait, pretty women. This is the grandma that was a Cubs fan, right? She just yes. wanted you to appear normal God to other people coming into your dorm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think there was some definite subtext of, I hope you're not gay. Yeah, that's. Um, that was my subtext. <laughs> yeah. Saying that that's what she thought. We're saying the same thing. Okay, yes. You guys are in perfect syncopation. Yep. yep. This, whole, this whole episode's in syncopation. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> We gotta get used to the podcasting grudge. Yeah. We gotta come up with a different name because that's Mark Maron's thing. I got nothing else to say about my dingaling. It's do you want to know a, a fun fact about this song? Sure do. This is adapted from an old uh, New Orleans R&B song written by New Orleans scenester Dave Bartholomew. Produced a lot of records. I think he was a trumpet player, and he. Uh, the original version of this song was uh, released by a group called The Bees, and it was called Toy Bell. And the lyrics were slightly different, but it's pretty clearly the same. I like the, the same general idea, pretty much the same chorus. Here's what I want to know: It was a little boy's wiener called a dingaling before this song. I think so. I like ding dong, so. dingaling, ding dong but was Steve, like the clapper of a bell. Steve's fun fact. Clapper. But Steve's fun fact makes me think that maybe it wasn't because. Oh, this was like they they wrote this like in the the fifties. I think it was like nineteen fifty four. The original yeah. came out, and so if people were calling it a uh, like they were calling it a toy bell, and people were laughing in the audience, he probably just thought dingling sounded funnier. And then a new term for penis was born. Hey, huh. all, all you cultural anthropologists, antho- anthropologists out there, anthropologists, <laughs> and you anthropologists, get out there, find out when dingling became a word. I think Chuck Berry made it happen. I, I had a question. Oh, yes, Hunter. Hunter? Um, does this genre have to have the muse sex in the title, or can it be buried in the lyrics? Because in Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, she mentions how she hears those sleigh bells ringing, and I think those are Santa's balls. Oh, big time. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you Why? missed your opportunity. I blew it. I don't know why Cool the Gang is playing. <laughs> Uh, Wait, you can put on what I missed, or what I think missed. What'd you miss, Hunter? Rhythm is a dancer by Snap. Oh yeah, I had that one in my in my. Uh, really, you did? But it's not. It wasn't like rhythm is. is no, I think it was originally color. Uh, originally titled "Rhythm is a Dildo." <laughs> Dancing <laughs> is a. Is you a, should play. Yeah. yeah, you should play it. You listen to those lyrics. This almost made. This almost made the countdown. I can't believe it. I thought this would have. I thought this would have been in the like, menu outside the... Well, Dave Dave finally understanding the genre in my intro explains his what it yeah. was you missed. Yeah, before I thought it was just you were... Uh, like, I thought it was a pretty weak genre. You were just 
singing about songs that might be about fucking in some weird way. I didn't get the instrument yeah. part. That's, yeah. yeah. So I wrote uh, Within You Without You by the Beatles. And I wrote the lyrics. We were talking about the love that's gone so cold and the people who gain the world and lose their soul. Pretty sure old George is talking about fucking the dead. Yeah, it has nothing to do with music or <laughs> musical instrument. No, no I, get th- I get that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm onto a different kind of genre. Steve, did, did we make you think of anything? I, I, well, I, I, I was like, I kind of looked. I had, I had enough time to look for some, but not really. Not really a lot. Uh, I looked... What were I you felt, looking up? I was like, had an hour I was like, I, 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 there must be some more old blues songs that are like this. And I found like 80 fucking blues songs <laughs> that use food as a metaphor uh-huh. for sex. But I couldn't find another music oh, like one. Ca- and then casserole over me. The gym stuff. Yeah. Like my, I love my baby's pudding. Stuff oh, like yeah. That. Put a little sugar in my bowl. Uh, yeah. Uh, these are all Weird them. Al's forefathers. But I, I want to fuck you yeah, with a carry Yeah, it's yeah, like dirty, dirty Weird Al. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't find. I, I had a limited amount of time to look, and I couldn't find one. And I was gonna say "Honkin' on Bobo" by Aerosmith, but it turns out that's only the title of the album. There isn't actually a song. Yeah, it's the album called "Honkin' on Bobo." Yeah, I didn't understand the. I didn't understand th- this right right away. It took me a little while. I was so gonna, clear. I was gonna say. Yeah, I saw a squeeze, but I was like, oh, I know what he's getting at. I, I, I was gonna say. Loving cup, but that's not an instrument. No. Can you play the cup? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. The little like. Yeah, it's a, a glass. Like the, yeah, glass. Like the Buddhist. Uh, oh, that kind of cup. Yeah. That's ben, a bowl. Yeah. But I mean, we bowl. can. We can ben, fight about that later. Benjamin Franklin invented an instrument called the glass harmonica that was basically a bunch of glasses that you rub yeah. your fingers on and it made different noises. And he also loved to fuck. So maybe there's something there. Could be. Uh, Hunter, what's next going on next week? Um, well, let's see. I'll see how I wrote it, if I can find it. Um, oh, there it is. I'm going to do a Wrestle Rock episode. This is the first time focusing on uh, shoot songs or themes that wrestlers sang themselves. Ooh. I, like I, might, be, yeah. I might be head-living my way through that one, too. Of course you I will. think we're going to hear a lot you of... Go ahead. My name is... That's the whole point of... Uh, no, 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 not any, uh, hmm? not any trying raps. Hmm. Listen, guys, I, I chose that one because there's not a lot of stuff you can say about it. So it's, it's going to be quick, tight, in the garage. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, bumpers today were sent in by uh, Wiyuka Music. Wiyuka, y, or W-I-E-U-C-A Music. Uh, it's a word divorce core band that dabbles in gyria called... Wayuku, pronounce however. Okay, thank you. Please accept <laughs> this offering of heady bumpers. They include samples of our new album, Guilt Complex, which comes out July 14th on Land of the Freak. Must be a, a, a label. Uh, keep up the great work, they say to us. Hey, you guys keep up the great work too. Uh, you can find Wayuka on wayukamusic.com at wayuka. C A A T H. You don't want any on Instagram. You don't want anybody to follow you guys. And at Airyukiah on Twitter. Also, you can find their album on like Spotify and all the streaming services. Uh, and they say, P.S. The Yacht Rock Review guys were our camp counselors when we were kids, and Nick was always—he's uh, the lead singer—saying "Foreplay Long Time" is the best song ever. Oh, that was my graduating uh, class song. Cock Rock Posers. If you ask me, I don't know. I think that is one of the best songs ever. Hmm. 
It's a really good song. Which song? Play a sweet little bass solo in there. Which song? Four Play Long Time by Boston. Oh, okay. This has been a long time. I gotcha. I'm into it. I didn't know it was had four play in the beginning. Oh, it's that part. Yeah, gotcha. That part. Okay. All right. Find this week's Yacht and Yacht playlist by following JD Rizzo on Spotify. Go to yachtrock.com oh, yeah. for a very useful experience. Go to yachtandyacht.com. Take a look at the Yachtsky scale. It's a good scale. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Uh, follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please. Please. Themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to fuck you, Matt Brousseau. Is he doing anything? Maybe yeah, he's going to send it to the him. mastery kick, company. Yeah, kick Hunter him. and I put this shit together. Well, we like Matt Brousseau. Hey, good job, Hunter and Dave. For yeah, yeah, and good, good, and good job in printing those uh, yeah scripts. I JD, did a terrible JD. job with that. <laughs> um, thanks to the entire Feral Audio family. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. Dave, um, you're about to finish a pint glass of wine. <laughs> I, I I also didn't get to this because it wasn't on the thing, but I swear I'm, I'll get to the nicknames. This recording came early and I didn't have time to suss it out. Starting next week, I'll be on it. I have to update the spreadsheet, I swear. All right. See you next time. Hooray. Feral Audio.